and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray here and joining me this episode, we've got Matthew Day Gillett. Kia Hello. And Ben Wilkins, editor Kiwi Rider magazine. Hello. Hello, hello. Hey, welcome, welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us on a Sunday night. Good to have you both. Good to be here. Good to have, have be sort of seeing more than the usual faces and voices. <laughs> hey, ha- happy level two. We're allowed to ride our bikes now. If you've got them. <laughs> and I have. Yeah, you've got a bike. So have I. You have a bike with suspension now, don't you, Ben? I've got front forks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's just gone level two. We've had, uh, what have we had, three, four days, essentially? Uh, what 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 have we done? Let's start with you, Ben, because, Matt, you've done bugger all. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> We're planning a uh, a riding event for Motor Guzzi. So I was out doing a 400k loop on Friday for uh, that, all, the, all around the Rotorua and sort of Bay Plenty area. Just a casual 400k's, no drama? Yeah, it was a bit too much, so we're going to, by the end of it, I was pretty over it. Um, yeah, we're going to reduce that a little bit in terms of uh, kilometres before that event happens. And what were you riding? The V85 TT, was it? Yeah. My, uh, it's been in my garage for a month during lockdown or more. And um, Matt came back raving about it from, uh, uh, where, where was it, Malaysia? Th- Thailand. 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 I was super keen to ride it and I, I, I really like it. It's a great bike. Mm. Jock also rather liked it as well. And yeah, I think that's a, a thing that uh, needs to be said because if he likes something, it's usually quite good. I think Jock liked it because he was the only one who was able to ride it on the sand. <laughs> yeah, probably true. Oh, he was a hero. Everyone loved him for that at the launch. Um, uh, yeah, so we went on this beach and stinking, stinking hot, like about 36 degrees in Thailand. And oh, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll be right. We'll be right. Uh, oh, wait, have any of you ridden large adventure bikes on sand? Oh, it's soft sand. Oh, your back wheels dug into the swing arm. All right, you yeah, know. <laughs> uh, and Jock had to ferry them all out because he just jumped on and bang, bang, bang on the limiter and saved the day because uh, that's just how Jock is. If you want to um, catch up on that story, see all the pictures and the information, it's in the it's in volume one of July 2019 for Kiwi Rider magazine. Yeah, there's some awesome pictures of it uh, in the sand with uh, Jock being a hero too. Ben did 400Ks on a uh, Motoguzzi V85TT. Matt, you had a discussion with your wife about getting your bike back. How did that go? Yeah, well, the answer was... Uh, no, not yet, um, which was disappointing at the time. But um, we popped our uh, lockdown bubble over the weekend. It was fantastic. I had my mum and dad, um, and they brought their dog, so the little fellow was happy. Um, I was happy because I had someone to talk to that wasn't the wife. Um, and, um, yeah, my dad and I hatched a plan, and we got approval from not only my wife, but my mum as well. So um, looks like I'm going to the cold Kiwi uh, for this, week, uh, this uh, Father's Day. So that that's a positive. Outstanding. Cold Kiwi. I just need to get my bike back from mum and dad's house and um, service it. So Cold Kiwi is usually um, the weekend of Father's Day, right? Uh, first Sunday in September? Yeah. Yeah, something. Yes. First weekend of September is traditionally when they have it. So, yeah, I think it's the fifth, to, fifth and sixth this year, I think. Off the top of my head. Assuming we can have gatherings of more than 10 people. Yeah, assuming that. But um, hey, we've kicked it in the butt so far and that's still, what, another two months away. Yeah, we're hopeful. And if not, I'll just hopefully just take a long weekend to go riding with my dad. Mm, 
Outstanding. Uh, I, d- I managed to get out on the, uh, it's behind me over there somewhere, the uh, MT-07, um, the new tyres, uh, Continental Road Attack 3s, uh, outstanding. Uh, I, I threw it over the Wainui Yamata Hill, uh, 100% attack, and um, I, I, I leant it right out, and it was great. Uh, the tyres the are... Um, quite quite nice <laughs> but you'll have to wait till the full review reveal the full story uh for me to say any more than that so you've not worn them out yet <laughs> don't worn them out yet no 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 they, they feel really good though going into corners they um they're, they're the the turning circle is very linear they kind of just lean over beautifully into a corner and kind of hold that arc they're not it's not like you're falling into a corner or anything like that it's um it's really nice you, you feel like you can just throw it into a corner and you know what the bike's going to do now, that's nice. what you want in a tire isn't it Talking about um, riding in uh, level two, I got out today. My Ooh. old R100GS that's um, in my I like shed. how you're calling um, it mine now. <laughs> yeah, well. The Red Baron. Yeah, the Red Baron. It, um, it's been without forks for six weeks now. So you did that massive trip down to Blenheim on it. Yeah, and the fork seals sprung a leak. So it, they went off to get new fork seals and fresh oil and everything else. And I got them back yesterday. So they went back in and this afternoon I went out for a ride and uh, it was really quite lovely. Does it feel like the same bike or is it, does it feel like a whole new bike? No, it, it feels like the same bike, but um, <laughs> without um, oil dripping onto the front brake disc and um, those kind of uh, fun things. <laughs> that helps. I'm- oh, so it's more predictable about when it's going to stop. It's still not great, but better than it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Talking about that bike, I um, was showing my old man a photo of it today from, I think it was the um, GS1250 launch from last year or the year oh, yeah. before, yep. um, when it was parked up outside uh, that lovely winery and stuff, and I was showing Dad the photos because at the time I didn't know whose bike it was, I just was like, oh, that's a rather nice looking bike, and he was absolutely frothing over it, <laughs> all, <laughs> like in all its um, immaculate, unrestored uh, condition, he was just, oh, that's that's really nice, that's, that's a nice, lovely bike. That's <laughs> um, being used. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he's getting a bit tired of his Tiger 1050, to be honest. Um, I think it's, oh, really? bit, it's not quite f- scratching the itch of what he wants his bike to do these days. I think he's looking at he other options. a bit more primal, does he? I think <laughs> primal, smaller, lighter. I think the main one for him will be uh, closer to the ground. Because um, I've said it before, I like to call Dad's bike Humpty Dumpty because it's always falling over on things. Uh, okay. Does he not have the um, longest of uh, legs? I think, well, he's... he's 70 now, so um, the legs don't quite kick out like they used to, and it's um, a bit more effort for him to um, handle that bike, and it, it carries its weight above its head somewhere. Um, so, yeah, he's quite, I think he's quite keen to get something smaller. He's mentioned the Royal Enfield 650s um, or the Royal Enfield Himalayan. I think it's more in his price range than anything else. Mm. Um, By the sounds of it, Matt, you'll be lucky to get uh, Rosie the Rally back. He might be keen on uh, a bit of rally action. Well, that's the thing. He, he offered to take it for a warrant of fitness, and I said yes, and now I'm thinking, oh, Oh, but the good thing is, um, unless he works out how to connect the battery, which he has to work out how to take the seat off and the side cowling off to connect the battery, and he's got to work out how to do that, I think I'll be good. <laughs> so long as he doesn't work out how to ride it to take it for a warrant of fitness. Right, let's get into some news. Very shortly, we're going to talk, we're going to raise a question. If I have a bike worth so much and I add so much worth of accessories, is it worth any more? Also, we've uh, got news on, what have I got here? We've got news on the Honda Cub. We've got news on the Daytona Limited Edition Triumph Motorcycles Daytona. Cardo have a uh, an update. Let's do the news. 
And kicking our news off, Cardo Communication Equipment. They have an update for their Pack Talk Bolds. The update is to the DMC mode, which allows you to share your music with your passenger via the Cardo unit. There's also uh, updates to how the Bluetooth mode uh, with with other communicators works, and they've fixed some bugs. Uh, so make sure you have downloaded that uh, that updater on your computer. Plug your Cardo in, hit the update button. It took me about five six minutes maybe to do two units um, nice and easy uh, so thanks Cardo for updating your gear and keeping all of that up and working 100% so before we move on to the next story have you actually managed to use your Cardo in anger yet? I use my Cardo every time I get on the bike for listening to music but I haven't actually managed to uh, to use it as a communicator yet uh, you have yeah, it's a lie I called Ben the other day while I was on it uh, and Ben you didn't even think I was on a motorbike no it, it, I was actually really impressed it sounded just like you were standing in the street talking to me on your mobile phone. That's and then when, when he told me he was doing 80Ks an hour, I was like, wow, that's, that's pr- pretty good. So how do these cardos work? Do they have a little boom mic that sits inside your helmet and near your mouth or something? like? So your standard setup comes with two install kits. You've got a boom mic and you've got a mic that has, uh, you know, a 3M um, sticky that goes on the inside of your helmet and so you take the uh, the lining out of your helmet and you put everything where you want it to go and you hide all the cables in between the in behind the cheek pads and then you put it all back together and if you've done it right you shouldn't really know that you've got uh, anything in your helmet other than your helmet as it was so I've installed the kit in my HJC i70, which you've got one of, Matt. Yes, sir. I managed to get the JBL, the JBL speakers in the ear holes. Uh, they sit behind the cheek pads, right by my ears. Uh, they they fit quite nicely. I can tell they're there because the i70's got a lot of space in where your ears are, and there's not quite as much space with the speakers in there, but it's still comfortable. And I've got, I haven't got the boom mic because I, I think they include a boom mic for people who have those modular flip up face helmets yeah i've got one of those well i've got a my adventure helmet's a modular flip face so and i don't have a cardo i've got one of the competitors units and it's got the little boom mic and it's bloody annoying um it just yeah it sticks there and then all of a sudden i've got the like the little mothball thing in my mouth and i'm chewing on it and yeah it's i'm i'm you got to call me up when you're on the Cardo next because I want to hear it for myself. The beauty of the Cardo unit is that you're, even if you buy the single pack talk bolt, it comes with um, so many options for installation. And there's actually enough gear for you to install the same unit on two helmets. So you've got a, um, where, the, where the actual uh, Bluetooth unit clips on, you've got a clip and you've got a sticky base and then you've got the two mics you've got a whole stack of uh, padding and different so you, it, I'd be surprised if you found a helmet that you couldn't use a pack talk bolt on um, but I, I'm going to put all this in a uh, in a, a printed story that hopefully we can um, get in the Kiwi Rider magazine coming up so uh, look look out for that cool, cool. Shall we move on back to some actual news yeah you carry on with the uh... alright well uh, tr- 
Triumph Motorcycles New Zealand this week confirmed uh, rather nicely to us that uh, the Daytona badge is returning to our shores in the form of the new limited edition Daytona 765 Moto 2. So that's the one that's got the Moto 2 stickers, carbon fibre bodywork, monstrous Brembo brakes, and they're only going to be making 1,530 of them worldwide. Um, So it's 765 for the Americas, which I suspect is something to do with their emissions laws and regulations there because they're a bit different from elsewhere in the world and then they're splitting the other 765 bikes between the rest of the world including Europe, Asia and Oceania. So Triumph Motorcycles New Zealand's general manager Lee Beckhouse um, got in touch with Kiwi Rider and Ben uh, forwarded her on to me and I got to have a chat with her. She said the Daytona six, uh, 765 Moto 2 is on the way and is due to land in New Zealand in very limited numbers because they are a limited edition motorcycle in early June, so only a few weeks away, and they will be priced around the $32,000 mark, uh, which for a limited edition bike seems really cheap, especially for something with as much tech as this thing's got. Um, so it's got Olin's 43mm uh, NIX34, it's a TTX36 rear, uh, Stylema Brembo brakes, uh, as I said, full carbon fibre bodywork, one of Triumph's brilliant TFT dashes, and it's got the most powerful version of the 765 triple uh, that Triumph make, um, which pumping is pumping out 128 horsepower at 12,250 RPMs. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping to get a chance to actually see one of these in person. What about you, Ben? Oh, man. I mean, just that spec sounds fantastic. I mean, that's all top-of-the-range brakes, top-of-the-range suspension. That triple motor's a great one anyway. With 120 horse, it's going to be a an absolute heap of fun. Something tells me we're not really going to get a chance to ride it, though, being a limited edition bike. What do you reckon? Oh, I, I'm hoping we do. <laughs> you might have to find someone who's got one and borrow it. I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure we've got some friends out there in Kiwi Riderland who uh, will let us have a go on it. Yeah, well, 32, 32 grand like that is really affordable for a limited edition bike, as I said. I, I can't imagine anything else with even remotely that spec. Like, what are you paying for, say, a top of the range super bike, a leader bike these days um, with all the uh, kit and. Around, RSV4, around 35. Yeah, so. 36. Like, similar sort of performance I'd imagine like the a year they do have 200 horsepower now those leader bikes but still it's like something that there's only going to be a few made and they're not making a base Daytona as far as I can tell yet either so that's quite a special bike for 32 grand hey question I've heard you say that uh, that term twice now and I've heard it a few times on the internet and other podcasts is it liter bike or leader bike liter Liter. Liter. One liter. One liter, yeah. 1,000cc's. Yeah, liter bike. That's what I thought it was, but then I figured if you were riding a one liter bike, you'd be, you'd be leading the pack. <laughs> well, <laughs> you say that, but then when we did our lovely Taranaki ride the other uh, way back when, um, where was Mike? He wasn't in the lead apart from uh, very one small brief stint, was he? <laughs> I was waiting for Ray to say something. <laughs> I was on a 650 Lambs bike and I was being owned. And as soon as I hit the gravel, I was leading actually to the gravel and then I slowed right down and you guys were off. <laughs> that was a good ride. We need to do something like that again. Absolutely.
In, other, in Honda news, Honda have recognised that the Honda Cub is uh, in its more off-road orientated variations like the CT110 Posty bike has proved quite a popular adventurer's bike. So have announced a new adventure focused model, the CT125 Hunter Cub. The new Hunter Cub has a lot of off-road focused upgrades from the standard Honda Cub including 40mm more ground clearance, 20mm more suspension travel, higher handlebars for better standing ergonomics, uh, high level scrambler style exhaust, 20mm higher seat, high mounted air intake and easily accessible air filter, a bash plate, a disc brake front and rear and ABS for the front wheel only. The fuel tank capacity has been increased by 1.6 litres to 5.3 litres which according to Honda should give around 350 kilometres of range from the stock tank and the frame has been beefed up around the headstock to handle the tough terrain. The power from the 124cc motor comes in at 11 newton meters of torque and is equipped with electric and kickstart and there's a few little styling features as well. The indicators are mounted in places that mean they're less likely to get damaged if you fall off. Yeah, and you miss the, the whopping actual horsepower number there of 8.7 horses. Hey. I'm not going to say, I, I love the little um, CTs. Like, Dad has a CT110, which is parked next to my bike. I don't think he really um, worries about looking at my bike because he really enjoys that little 110 of his. And they're a collector's item nowadays. Like, the prices on those have actually been going up lately. I was about to say, uh, Matt, as our resident small bore expert and lover, uh, 8.7 horsepower would probably get you quite hot under the collar. Oh, yeah, and 350Ks of range from, what was it again? 5.3 litre. That is awesome. Yeah, you'd be doing 80, 90K max, but how lot? Cheap motoring, cheap rego, cheap insurance. Um, I'm not so sure I'm a small bore expert or enthusiast. I'm just a cheap ass. <laughs> that said, I've seen um, I've seen a, a Honda Monkey in the flesh now, uh, and I think I would go for the, the the Monkey over the Cub personally. See, I quite like the look of the Cub, especially in um, there's like a sort of an olive drab colour, and it looks quite quite utilitarian, and I like that. But then it's hard to go past that classic Honda red. Um, but then I suppose people would mistake you for a postie and ask where your, their letters were. So, uh, yeah. Oi, where's my post and get off my lawn? <laughs> Stop writing on my lawn. Oh, gosh. Ah, <laughs> uh, and that about wraps up the news. Uh, for more on these stories, do check out the latest edition of Kiwi Rider magazine. Go to Google, type Kiwi Rider Jumag, and you'll be able to see it all there. It's nice and easy. Failing that, kiwirider.co.nz. talk topic gentlemen since i've got you both here uh if i was to buy a seven thousand dollar bike put two thousand dollars worth of accessories and modifications on it does that make my bike worth nine thousand dollars no have you taken the bike off the dealer's lot that's exactly where i was going (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the the reason why i bring this up is on a uh on a popular new zealand adventure riding facebook page uh a gentleman posted up a 2007 dr6 It's done 40,000 Ks. It's got a long-range fuel tank, B&B alloy bash plate, lowered foot pegs, LED headlight, LED spotlights, fat alloy bars and risers. The TM40 pumper carb, FMF power bomb header, FMF 
power core exhaust, ProCycle comfort seat, ProCycle valving in front and rear suspension, ProCycle springs front and rear, Barkbusters output shaft seal retainer, neutral switch bolts have been located, tool tube under the tray, tail tidy, pannier racks, TKC 80 tyres, and he wants 6K. He's got 19, counting with my highly sophisticated fingers, he's got 19 extras on that that you don't get um, even if you do buy the brand. You've got 19 fingers? Not quite. I sort of went 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and then I started counting again. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this bike is not worth 6K, but I'm pretty sure that the DR650 SE is on run out at the moment for roughly around 8 grand. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, uh, 8199. Uh, that's plus on roads, of course. Right, so basically 8.5 grand on roads. Give or take a penny here and there. Uh, so for a brand spanking new DR650 SE, you can get it for eight and a half on road. This is a 2007 with 40,000 Ks, 6K with a stack of accessories. Do we think that's a fair price? He's put a lot of accessories on there. I mean, he's got a carb, a full exhaust system. Um, he's redone the shocks. Basically, he's done everything to it that if Suzuki were updating the bike over the years, they would have done to keep it competitive. But because it was a machine that didn't really have a competitor, they just carried on with it. I've just had a quick look on Trade Me, which is where I basically go to look at right. bikes and peruse and fantasize. And like there's one, a 2011 DR650 SC with 48,000K. They're after asking 5800 no mods whatsoever um there's a 2014 with significantly less k's 9200 um which has got the achevi um long range tank um they're asking six seven so i'm kind of gonna go with this guy's um kind of on the money here like he's offering him a pretty good deal like 40,000 k's is a lot in some circles but suzuki's a near bulletproof um, especially those thousand k's is nothing yeah um like geez what what i think of suzuki and i think of v-stroms and bikes that do one hundred and fifty thousand k's or more and then people sell them on for like seven or eight grand because they just keep going um so yeah I, i'm not gonna on the original topic i'm gonna say adding accessories doesn't ne- necessarily add value um but this guy's six grand and you get all that and a DR650. Um, well, exactly, Matt. I think the um, the thing really that we've got going on here is that if the DR650 had been kept up to date over the years, then um, you'd be buying a newer bike and it would have all these um, performance modifications in terms of chassis and engine already done. Because it'd be it'd be electronic engine management by now, yeah, surely. They'd be updating it as they, as they went. But because they haven't, and it's pretty much virtually unchanged apart from a few things since then, he's he he's put on a lot of um on a lot of updates that they're not cheap updates either. Yeah, well what's a, um, a long range tank go for by itself? You're looking at depending on the size. Well, I'm pretty sure the Achebe's long range long range tank was being given away for free uh with the brand new DR six fifty SE about this time last year. Yes. Uh, even yeah. through the summer, um through Suzuki Fest, I think they were calling the promotion, uh, you could get an Achebe tank. It's a popular thing um that Suzuki will happily throw in and it's worth about I think three hundred and fifty dollars for the smaller version and you can get an even bigger version that sort of looks almost 
almost like the tank on the new Husky 701 Enduro LR. No, it's more than that, I think. Uh, I think it's um, like Suzuki, like at the moment you can buy the, the base bike for 8199 I think it is, and then it's $500 more if you want the 25-litre tank. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they're not I, cheap. I think they're handing that on at cost price. I, I don't think they're making money on that. So a secondary question on this: we've established that this is probably not a terrible buy. Uh, but Ben, you actually had one of these as a long termer. What modifications did you do to your DR six fifty? I didn't do anything that improved the engine performance. It was just a, a it was a stock bike in that respect. I went down the route of. Um, uh, chassis so for the for the suspension we went down to um, robert at kss kiwi suspension solutions and they put gold valves in the forks um set up the spring rate and completely gutted the rear shock and put a race tech uh, internals kit in which gave it a new shaft it gave it um rebound damping adjustment um and that made a huge difference to the bike it really did up, up uh, update the suspension. Um, and apart from that, I put on a, a screen from Godiva Screens, and that worked really well. It turned it from something that half an hour at 100 k's was enough to make you want to commit suicide to um, you could ride it all day pretty much with having that uh, wind taken off you. Outstanding. That um, DR650 EC that we rode about this time last year, uh, th- that was the first time I've ridden a DR650, but man, the first ride over the Wainuimata Hill with the header glowing red when I parked the bike up, I was like, man, this is a cool bike. <laughs> I think it was pretty tight, that bike. <laughs> yep, it was, um, by the end of the time we, we had with it, it wasn't glowing cherry red anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did run it out of gas. I was a bit worried. I thought I'd broken the bike. So we're, we're belting back from Masterton back towards the Rematakas, and we hadn't put any, we hadn't even got to Masterton yet. Where were we? Ekatahuna. And we were belting back to Masterton to get some gas. And I thought, oh, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll probably get back to the Rematakas before we um, need to put gas in this thing. And Ben's on the DL, I'm on the DR, and he's off in the distance. And then suddenly the, the back wheel just locks up on me i'm like what's going on here and so i slide to a stop and and uh pull into the gravel on the side of the road and then remember i has got a uh, reserve switch so switch it on to reserve fire it up and drive down the road he goes where'd you go (laughs) i think i run out of gas yeah not gonna lie the the old reserve switch got me once on a suzuki as well except i was trying to start the thing and i was like oh like pull the uh, fuel cap open oh there's plenty of fuel in there and I didn't realize that these uh, fuel switches have an off setting as well. And I just, it took me about 10 minutes to get this little bike started. (laughs) Um, I think that's um, millennial problems, right? Yeah, definitely millennial problems. You remember what it was like when I got on the thing when we first picked it up, Ben? He's cracking up. He's laughing. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? Come on, tell me. (laughs) I think, first of all, there, there was the choke, but um, you had to pull the choke lever to... Uh, uh, it was stone cold and I couldn't start it, so I had to use manual choke, and I'd never used a bike with manual choke Yeah, before. it just kept winding and winding and winding, and winding. you're like, I don't like this bike, it won't start. <laughs> I think it was the, um, the fuel was off as well. Yeah, Ma- manual bike stuff, like, you know, basic older bike stuff. 
non-electric bike stuff. See, I, I think that's like one of the stuff. things that makes the DR650 really cool is because everything is analog on it. Like you, yeah, you'd, dirt bike stuff. But stuff when you're riding road bikes and you don't expect to have that stuff. I, my first bike was a higher sung, and apart from the whole manual fuel tap thing, everything else was manually actuated and everything. And like I just I don't know, there's something really really cool about the DR where it's it's single clock. You can you know how fast you're going. You don't know how fast the engine's revving. Know how fast you're going and how far you've gone, and that's it. That's all the info you know about the bike. Really? Oh, and it's got and it's got a manual uh, a manual trip meter on it, and I couldn't work out how to reset the trip meter because it's got a little dial on it. Ah, oh, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> that was that. That was the the, the thing. It's like, how do I reset this? Oh, <laughs> have you not paired your phone to it yet? <laughs> Uh, I tried to pair my phone. It wouldn't let me do. Re, it wouldn't let me rejig the fuel mapping. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sad. I missed this experience. It sounds like it was a blast. <laughs> uh, it it was a good um it was a good good uh, few days away um in the wire wrapper. Tell you what, the DR on the river though, the DR on the riverbed was was outstanding. The DL on the riverbed was kind of scary because I didn't want to scratch uh, it. Absolutely. But for me, the highlight was staying. Where was it we stayed? It was Ekatahuna, I'm pretty sure. Ekatahuna. We, we stayed in the uh, motel there, and um, that was an experience. <laughs> what, small small town life? <laughs> yeah, small town New Zealand, where when the uh, barman goes off to have a durry break, the locals <laughs> pour their own pints. Oh, I think this needs to be a destination for our next road trip. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, though. Uh, drink driving is alive and well in small, small town New Zealand. I'm aware we're getting off topic and we've got a little bit more to cover, but I'll tell you this quick story. So Ben and I are sitting there having a couple of pints in the uh, Ikitahuna Hotel, Motel, whatever you want to call it, uh, and we're having a bit of a chinwag with the locals. There's about 15 of them in the bar, and the, uh, the barman who owned the place comes over and starts drinking with us too because there's no one else there. The, the curtains are open, but the big window, the main road behind us, and the cop goes north. You see the cop car off north. And so the barman goes, Oi, Trevor, Terry, you guys live south. Turn your car, off you go. And so they drive off. Uh, Barry, you got to wait. And then the cop goes past again. All right, Barry, off you go. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'll post the photos on uh, Facebook this week. I will. Uh, jump on Facebook, search out Kiwi Rider Podcast, uh, and you'll see a couple of the photos. Uh, ben with the locals uh, in the Ikitahuna pub. How's that? Um, so uh, just on the original topic, a 20, uh, 2007 DR650 SE, uh, 40,000 Ks and a stack of mods, 6K. Uh, buy it or no? Oh shit! Yeah, buy it. Yeah, oh, I think that, that, that's a lot of well thought out mods for the money. Mm, especially when, comparatively, from just a quick search, the rest of the bikes out there, without anywhere near the mods, um, and some with similar Ks, uh, they're asking more than six grand. Like, Jesus, look at this bike. It's not sold by the time the podcast comes out. There's something wrong with people. <laughs> well, if you want to know more about the bike and, um, and 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 see if it's still available, jump on Adventure Riding New Zealand Facebook page. It's also on Trade Me as well. That's not a paid-for post. Uh, right, uh, moving right along. Uh, is When's the next Kiwi Rider magazine out, Ben? On Tuesday night. Uh, all, all things going well. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, there's probably a magazine out, a brand new one. Um, do jump on kiwirider.co.nz and you'll have a link there to the brand new magazine. Uh, do we have a rough idea of what might be coming out in this magazine? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, what have we got? Um, 
So this is our dirt um, biased issue. Um, we've got Jock has been riding Beta's 480 double R Enduro that... Um, did you get to ride on that at the launch up at, up in Canada? Yeah, I rode that at the launch, and I loved that bike. It was massive, but I'm kind of jealous he's been riding it uh, on the road. Oh no, that's a, that, that you're jumping the gun. That's something we've got for an, that. That's an adventure version that we've got coming up. Ooh. Um, oh right. So yeah, that will be coming up. So J- Jock's been riding the 480 in the dirt then. Yes, and um, we've also got. You had a chat with Dylan Ball, um, New Zealand's sort of young uh, young trial star, sponsored by Beta. He's um, uh, been having a chat with you um, at, was it um, Ride Forever? No, we had a chat at the launch of the Beta Evo Trials bikes, the 2020 range. Uh, that was it, yeah. Man, they are great bikes. I, I almost want to get a trials bike mainly because uh, I saw Dylan do... So Dylan's place, they call it the the beta compound. Uh, they've got this massive driveway. It's probably about three k's long, and it's lined with big boulders all the way up the house. We're talking probably uh, twenty in a row. And Dylan on the uh, he can do it on the trials bike, piece of piss. But on the beta uh, X trainer, managed to hop from one boulder to the next all the way up the driveway that was something to behold i'll chuck that uh, video up as well on the social media mm. yeah amazing what these guys can do hey not gonna lie i've been fantasizing about those beta um trail bikes recently yeah um, especially after the idea of going trail riding at um tussock buster and whatnot keeps coming up and watching ray's videos during lockdown of previous tussock busters and Oh, that 480 was a beast. I only rode it downhill because I thought it was intimidating. Um, but, man, going uphills must be so easy on that thing. It's just a big tractor. So, yeah, we've got um, Jock talking about that. And it, it, as a slight teaser, he owns a um, KTM 500 EXCF, like KTM's big bruiser um, dirt bike. And he prefers the beater. Um, he thinks it's a better bike. Wow. That's a big call. That is a big call, especially from someone that owns the other bike. Yeah. Ooh. So, yeah, there we go. There's a bit of a teaser. I'm looking forward to uh, reading this. Those beta RR enduro bikes, are, they're so well-balanced from memory. I mean, it was, it's been a long time since I've ridden one, but they are, they are amazingly well-balanced. And even that 125 uh, that I had a slight altercation with, <laughs> uh, I, I'd, I'd go and ride any of them in a heartbeat. Yeah, real great bikes. Um, okay, uh, talking of the DR650 that we were just talking about, um, we are, we're, we're, we've got a bit of a, a feature on the DR650 Ooh. because they're selling them for 8199 or 8195, whatever it is, plus on, on roads. We put together a bit of a, a rehash of some previous tests of it to give people a bit of an idea of what, what we've thought about it over, over time. So that's in there if you're thinking about buying a new DR650. Um, especially at the 8199 price, which is a bargain, because um, they were 9999. If it wasn't for this COVID-19 bollocks uh, and, you know, everyone being poor and the economy tanked, I, I'd probably be in the market, to be honest. Like, they're really good bikes. I thought you were keen on something with a parallel twin engine. Well, I am, but, I mean, I don't have a dirt bike at the moment. That's quite the price. 
<laughs> that particular bike is twice the price. Yes. <laughs> and then some. Hey, what's wrong with having an MT-07 T700 and a DR650? I mean, I'd take the DR650 places that I didn't want to scratch the T700. There you go. They don't scratch particularly easy, I can say from experience. <laughs> um, Have you tried? I had a couple of, um, let's call them altercations. One was an altercation with a riverbed where I found neutral instead of uh, second gear. Um, and that put a bit of a scratch in the clutch case. Um, a scratch, nothing much more than that. And um, that was on, I think, day three of the uh, Australasian launch. And then on day four, well, no, maybe it was day two. Anyway, off topic, uh, day four was the hardest day and I managed to break one of the factory... Um, handguards um, and I dropped it three times on day four and yeah the only real damage was um, the plastic handguard like they they look like they're fragile but they are tough as rocks those bikes <laughs> where, where were we where did you get your license from Matt not a cereal box um, I, st- <laughs> <laughs> I, started off, I started off my riding career with a man called Doug and a GN250, and um, after I passed my basic handling skills test, I dismounted the uh, GN250 with glee, and it was an 80s model, so his taillight was about a foot long, and I kicked his taillight off as I got off his bike. Um, And yeah, things have progressed from there quite nicely. (laughs) And they send you all over the world to ride these mega expensive brand new bikes. Why? I don't get to do, I don't tend to do the really expensive ones. I can do the ones that um, aren't going to cost me another mortgage. (laughs) Thankfully. No, I can't. I can't say. I can't say anything because you were off uh, on a two fifty, and I was on a six fifty. You were off on the gravel, uh, way ahead of me. So um, there's a, there's a horse for every course, right? There is indeed. <laughs> hey, gentlemen, thanks very much for joining us. Um, new Kiwi Rider magazine out this week. Uh, this is Kiwi Rider podcast. Do please jump on the Facebook page and uh, interact with us there. You can email us podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. We'd absolutely love to hear from you, good, bad, or indifferent. And you can leave a comment on this episode wherever you are listening to us. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours. Then we can justify to the penny pitches that this uh, podcast is worth making. Uh, till next time, I've been Ray. I've been Matt. I'm still Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much for joining us, gentlemen, and thank you very much for listening. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time.